Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Some breaking news this morning as the U.S. ambassador to the EU, Gordon Sondland, is about to testify in front of House Intelligence. For that, we're going to go to Elon Mui in Washington. Elon, good morning. Good morning, Carl. Well, some blockbuster new testimony from Gordon Sondland. NBC News received a copy of his opening statement, and in it he will say explicitly that he believes there was a quid pro quo. Now, here is the relevant portion of the testimony, laying some of the blame here at the feet of Rudy Giuliani, President Trump's personal attorney. He says that Mr. Giuliani's requests were a quid pro quo for arranging a White House visit for President Zelensky. Mr. Giuliani demanded that Ukraine make a public statement announcing investigations of the 2016 election DNC server and Burisma. Mr. Giuliani was expressing the desires of the president of the United States, and we knew that these investigations were important to the president. He's saying in his testimony that these were an open secret, also pointing the finger at John Bolton and Mike Pompeo as folks who were complicit in these arrangements. The testimony of Gordon Sondland had been widely anticipated because he is one of the only witnesses that is being called who has spoken directly with the president. Um, There's uncertainty over how many times he spoke with the president, but indeed he is someone who appears to have the president's thinking. And now in his opening statement, he will say that he believes there was a quid pro quo. Guys, back to you. Elon, really quick, the Times this morning also adding another layer that he kept uh, the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, perhaps more informed than we were previously led to believe. Any sign of that in the testimony that you've seen? Well, the testimony itself is 19 pages long for his opening statement, so we are still digging through it. And, of course, we'll hear him deliver it in just a few minutes. Um, But one thing we also do know is that he largely confirms the account of a State Department aide who says that he overheard uh, Gordon Sondland and the president discussing the investigations and Ukraine's response. So we'll see exactly how he characterizes that, both in his statement and in the many hours of testimony ahead of us. Elon, thank you for that. Uh, Starting us off a little earlier than the top of the hour, Elon Mui in Washington. Meantime, I'm Carl Quintanilla, David Faber here at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Jim, of course, is out at one market as Dreamforce enters day two. A lot of news today regarding uh, China trade, but retail is the really big story, Jim. Target and uh, Lowe's sort of offsetting the uh, Home Depot Kohl's mood we got yesterday. Yeah, let's just put to rest uh, any notion that the tariffs are really hurting spending that there's any real inflation, uh, that the consumer's being hurt. Uh, Kohl's is an outlier. Home Depot had a glitch that if they managed to get it back on track, which they said they will, numbers are okay. Lowe's was really extraordinary. Marvin Ellison working his magic still feels like it's a work in progress. What can I say about Target? That's where people are shopping. So, I mean, I think that this uh, whole storyline that it's Kohl's and Home Depot versus, say, Lowe's and Target is false. The dichotomy is is that if you spend a lot of money on technology, you're winning. And if you didn't, you're losing. And the places that are spending, Walmart and Target, represent America. Make me feel very bullish about the consumer. Uh, Home Depot's uh, whole framework was that they are spending money, Jim. It's just that the benefits weren't coming soon enough. 
Well, they screwed up. I mean, I, usually they don't screw up. But the, the fact is, is that they thought uh, there was a timeline that they had about where they were going to be. And one of the things that was most, I think, discouraging to people was that they said that their legacy systems needed to be adjusted. But we didn't know they had legacy systems. We thought that their systems were good. That's what I think was responsible for at least six points of that 12 point decline. All right. So yesterday you said that you thought Lowe's was becoming the better buy. Uh, that's been ratified yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. Marvin's doing a great job. And look, Ellison worked at Home Depot for a very long time. Uh, it looks like Lowe's didn't really spend nearly as much money as Home Depot. He's catching up on that. How about the fact that he's biting the bullet? He, they, the company took on in 2016 uh, a huge chain of stores uh, in Canada. It, it was too much. That's one of the reasons why the previous administration had to go. He's closing the stores that aren't working well. That is really kind of a new thing for Lowe's. He's still uh, getting rid of the managers. He doesn't think he's doing a good job. The stores are looking better. Home Depot said they're taking share. I have to believe maybe they're taking share from mom and pops, but they're sure not taking it from Lowe's. This remarkable number, both Lowe's and Target, their stocks are going to get a halo that indicates that if you buy them, even Target up 10, Lowe's up 6, at some point you're not going to be doing bad. I don't like to buy up 10 at the opening. But both those stocks are now up stocks, and they've become the anointed ones. Target will be anointed right through Christmas. Brian Cornell's interview with Becky was extraordinary. This man has the pulse of the consumer. He's winning. He's in places that nobody else is. He's taking share, I think, by bed, from Bed Bath, too. What a remarkable performance. And he was very self-effacing, which I love. Uh, yeah, it's worth, it's worth coming back to the numbers themselves, I think. And to your point, Jim, those who bought the stock after that surprisingly strong last quarter are being rewarded yet again. It was not a one-off. It is a sign right. of a long-term seminal change to the company. To put it in perspective, and as they said on the call, they're talking about a, a 10% increase at this point over the last two years in their comp store sales. That's pretty darn significant. That's this quarter to two years ago's quarter. And when you have that kind of an increase, of course, your margin expands dramatically. And in this case, they're talking about margin dollars increasing more than 22% compared with a year ago. So that has resulted in what is nearly a 25% increase in adjusted earnings per share. And there is why the stock is hitting new highs uh, all the time. In sharp contrast, of course, to what we saw yesterday uh, with... um, Kohl's in particular down dramatically 19% on that pricing uh, world that they described as being very competitive and one that they had to sort of try and keep a lead on. Although TJX, which I'm now going to point out the market cap of every time, $74 billion market cap TJX did have a good quarter as well. So it was a very mixed bag. Well, they thrived. Yeah. Look, Target has managed to use technology to make it so that uh, they're Omnichannel is really working. TJX, they, dis- they, they openly disdain the uh, online world. Why? Because they have, they have value. They have the lowest prices. It is such a love stock. I didn't want to, I mean, I knew everything else was going to raise price. Right? I mean, it, it's become a given. Kohl's talks about promotional. Tar- it, I've got to tell you, Target's are t- talking promotional. And TJX, well, when you're promotional, then you have a lot of extra inventory. When you have extra inventory, it goes to TJX. The companies that are saying it's promotional, and by the way, Home Depot says promotional, they're not doing that well. And the companies that say things are good, they're not talking about promotional. They're talking about winning traffic. 
David, traffic is the goal, and Target is getting the traffic. Again, that, that leveraging, as you pointed out, you get the traffic, yeah. and then you do get the gross margins. You get the gross margins, then you get the big numbers. Target's not done going higher. I think people are really trying to seriously adjust the fact that Target not only is back to the old Target, but maybe the most superior uh, retailer that is online in America. I can never yeah, say right. that Amazon and, is and, not and superior. Carl, that goes to what were digital comps that were up 31%, 49% a year ago. So again, growing very good. And, and driven, they, they, they said 80% of the digital comp growth was because of same-day delivery, essentially. Uh, people right. wanting Purchase it the next shipped. day. That's, uh, and traffic yeah. up 3-1, Jim, to your point, versus a prior 2-4. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, Brian Cornell, we did hear from earlier this morning on Squawk. This is what he said about the consumer. We continue to see a very healthy consumer environment. Obviously, a very strong labor environment. Unemployment continues to be very low. You know, the percentage of consumers that are in the workforce continues to grow. Wages are rising. Consumer confidence is strong. And all the indicators right now would say this is going to be a very solid holiday season. And by solid, I guess they're looking at three to four, Jim. All those streets already at 3.4. Well, look, I mean, these are gigantic companies. So if he does four, that's a big deal. Probably do more than that. The number raises were really extraordinary. Uh, I've been in visiting stores with Brian and the stores are he has multiple formats, by the way, which everyone told him he couldn't do. He's got inner city formats. He's got formats at college campuses. He's got uh very chic uh, stores in some of the downtowns in, in America. And I've got to tell you, when I, when I hear him and I hear his confidence, I feel confident. I think that the tape right now is reflecting, once again, both the impeachment and perhaps more tariffs. And look at what the market's done with this reflection of tariffs. You listen to these guys, and they're not talking tariffs. That's amazing. It's not supposed to be happening. I, I mean, I keep waiting for what I'm saying. Look, I, I hate Trump, and tariffs really hurt him. They haven't done that. They're just talking about the fact that the consumer's spending and they're not being hurt by the tariffs. They're not talking. The tariffs aren't that important. Well, we don't know what it would look like without them. We don't know what business investment would look like. We don't know what margins would look like. I mean, McMillan did tell Becky uh, we would love to see these issues resolved. And we have seen some impact from tariffs. And, and, and we're getting, if we get them in the middle of December, that is ones that will apply specifically to a lot of the stuff that comes out of a Target or a Walmart, right? Well, look, I mean, Target admitted to Becky that they have a lot of Chinese uh, merchandise. But every single month that goes by, he would tell you, anyone would tell you, they pull out of China. It's a supply chain issue. They don't even have the container ships that you see behind me later on today to be able to go into Haiphong Harbor. They have to be able to handle one of them. But India's winning. Thailand's winning. Indonesia's winning. Japan's winning. Korea's winning. And uh, Vietnam's winning. And the longer it drags out, the more these guys recognize that they have to leave. I had Gary Friedman on last night, RH, the old restoration hardware. He said, look, we have to do this. We have to win this fight. He was very pro our strategy. And he said, look, the tariffs, they cost them a little bit. Everyone admits that it's a little bit, but the consumer's doing so well that it just seems to be lost in the shuffle. And a lot of the vendors have been taking the heat. I know that uh, we can argue that I'm being way too, uh, let's say, um, glib about the tariffs. But so are the really good retailers. The bad retailers are feeling the tariffs. They'll blame anything. I think the bad retailers don't like how the football season's going. Well, we've been dealing with that for generations, right? Blaming weather, <laughs> holiday seasons, Whatever you uh, can calendars. Yeah. I, uh, I know that Kohl's, there's some <laughs> Kohl's that are located near targets. 
Can you believe that it is so sunny on the Target side of the street, but it's just pouring rain on Kohl's side? It's extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, we need Al Roker to figure out what's going on with some of these retailers. <laughs> we'll, we'll get him on in the next hour, Jim. Uh, let's turn to your Definitely. workout at Dreamforce, which continues to be, of course, exemplary. Last night on Mad Money, uh, Mark Benioff of Salesforce. Take a listen. We're creating a $1 trillion economy. You can already see that that is fully underway. Millions of jobs, millions of people who are participating in the Salesforce ecosystem. And we're absolutely 100% committed to making sure that everybody can join this new economy. That's why we built Trailhead, so we can reskill and retrain. And many of the people who are here have actually learned their skills online at Trailhead. Now, Jim, uh, we get the slide deck looking at revenue expectations for fiscal 20 and 21. Look, I, what we're seeing is just a lot of companies have converted to this economy. This is the first time I've heard this year that maybe Salesforce has gotten too expensive. But the, the return on investment in Salesforce is there's an analyst who doesn't think it's, it's worthwhile. A lot of the companies that are out here are partnering with Salesforce. What we did run in the clip was when I directly confronted Mark with the current performance of the stock, not by referencing how I feel, but I mentioned David Faber by name because I thought it was really important Thank to you. say that David yes, has openly is. questioned how well the stock's doing. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that and your never-ending uh, attempts to make sure Mark and I are very close. I know, I know he really yeah, appreciates that, Yeah, well, I think it's important. Too. So next time he's here, here again, he won't, can, he won't even re- recognize me when I'm speaking, as he likes to sort of do. I, I always love that. Looks at me. I'm invisible to him. Um, specifically, though, to the numbers, Jim, uh, they, what did they raise their fiscal 20 revenues to the high end of guidance? Is that right? Around 17 yes. billion. Preliminary guidance yes, of 20.9 billion for fiscal 21. I mean, kind of what the street was anticipating, not seeing a big uh, pre-market move up here in the stock. No, and it wasn't like, look, Mark was much more uh, talking about uh, how well Tableau's doing. Uh, he had Adam Slipsky come in and crash my interview. Uh, Adam has nothing against you at all, David. Uh, Adam, of course, is a man who came from Amazon, making Amazon. What they're doing is leveraging and doing a lot of things with Amazon Web Services. That was a continual theme out here. And you know, one of the things that Mark's doing is he always isolates a couple of clients. Oh, no. This year he's talking about Lamborghini and the personalization of Lamborghini. That's a $500,000 car, David. And also... Right. Uh, uh, Carl, I've got to tell you, one of the things uh, he's saying is, look at Louis Vuitton, how well they're doing with us. Those uh, characters behind him, those yeah, have made you, me feel you, like it was a Disney World experience. You hate mascots. You hate them. Did they know that? Well, they didn't really converse with me as much as I would have liked. There was no oh, I'm real so back sorry that you had to conduct an interview with those people. I mean, you must have wanted to go over and punch that thing in the head. I know you did. I know Actually, I was thinking more of a two-by-four, but yeah, you're right. I can be. <laughs> Fisticuffs are fine. I mean, the guy in the middle, how was that? I mean, the guy in the middle was really just trying to just totally throw what? us off the whole know, time. And then the that? bear starts Look ripping. at him. Look at that. Oh, he deserved, uh, I, I, he deserved I, to be knocked out. Well, my wife's coming to town, too? and she, and she you, can give him a one-two. She's beating me up many times. I know. It was Jim, hard. Well, really well done with those ridiculous characters jumping up and down. Well, how do you like that? I mentioned you by name, David. I mentioned Carl. I said, I think you're doing well, but David Faber has a different view. Uh, Jim, we'll see you after the break. Uh, We're going to get your mad dash. We'll count down to the opening bell. Still got to get to some calls on uh, names like J&J. Obviously a big day for Apple. We'll cover some of the trade headlines that have futures down 74. 
Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. All right, we're counting you down to the opening bell on what Jim and I like to call hump day, even when we are 3,000 miles apart. What are we doing for a mad dash this morning? Medtronic is my understanding. David, how about a $148 billion company that nobody ever talks about that has quietly been winning the device war? I mean, this medical diagnostic and device, such a big market. They bought an Israeli outfit called Mazor, M-A-Z-O-R. It is working for spine surgery. Very difficult to do. This kind of a intuitive surgical for spines. I see so much to like here just in terms of uh, devices that go into your heart, you know, atrial fibrillation. Uh, and this is the last year for Omar Israq. What a great job he's done. Very self-effacing. Last year with the stock at 82, he admitted that he felt that he didn't give a good presentation when he went to the J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference. Well, I got to tell you what a buy it was. That turned out to be the absolute bottom this year. Medtronic MDT goes higher. Why doesn't it get talked about? Why isn't it something that, uh, to, to the point you made, that is sort of discussed more often given its size and importance? Well, I think one of the reasons, first of all, is I had to kind of uh, coax uh, how well it was doing out of Omar. He just he, he wouldn't know what promotion was to save his life. Another thing is, is that there are some every single company in the industry is doing well. So Boston Scientific's doing well. Becton, there's just a plethora of companies, uh, Abbott Labs, that just do well. So I think he, he was kind of based saying, look, I'm part of this uh, cohort that is doing very well. But, David, these companies save the healthcare system money. They all talk about that, but no one wants to give them credit because we're too busy talking about how some drugs are wildly overpriced. This is a terrific company that sells at less than 20 times earnings that is growing consistently. I like this stock. All right. And you can see right there, roughly in line with the S&P's performance over the course of the year. Jim, stay right there. We're going to take a quick break. But uh, coming up, the road ahead for rates in the economy. It is an exclusive with Fed Governor Lael Brainerd. Stick around. Squawk on the Street is coming right back. You have a vision for your business. Your priority might be to expand facilities or bring in the best talent. At Century Insurance, we listen, learn, and work to understand your business and your plans to help protect your new locations. As your business evolves and your vision comes true, Century. Right by you. Property and casualty coverages and render written and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. For a complete listing of companies, visit Century.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available on all states. See policy for complete coverage details. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at... 3 a.m. The office was shocked. That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. (laughs) I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Futures week, as the journal says, a phase one deal with China is at risk of an impasse. 
but the mood on retail much better today than yesterday. We're going to get the opening bell in just over seven minutes. You're watching CNBC Squawk on the Street, live from the financial capital of the world. The opening bell in about four and a half minutes. A very busy Wednesday as we keep one eye on the hill. And one eye on trade, these renewed uh, trade concerns weighing on sentiment today. The journal says that stalled U.S.-China talks are raising the threat of an impasse, a deadlock, which could derail the plan to move forward with phase one this year. Both sides reportedly standing firm on key issues like tariff rollbacks and ag purchases. Jim, I noticed Goldman last night comes out and says, uh, we recently wrote that we thought tariffs had peaked. That said, we also believe the probability of a tariff increase now has risen. Oh, yeah. By the day, I, I don't know where Goldman gets its stuff. I mean, maybe they're just talking to the wrong people, mostly the Treasury secretary. Uh, there's no desire to do anything other than raise the tariffs. Uh, I think the president's even questioning whether a big ag buy at this point would even stop him from raising tariffs. Remember, the president believes very strongly that the tariffs are bringing in a lot of money. He's watching the Dow. He's watching now, David, the S&P. And remember, he talked about the Nasdaq. So he's no longer just talking about atavistic indices. So, Carl, I, I think basically the president feels like not only is he in the driver's seat, I think he wants to press the bet. I think that you're seeing a part of the White House saying they're snubbing us. They're not doing anything right. And you know what? Let's not forget Hong Kong. They don't look so good in Hong Kong. So uh, right now, I know that the Chinese are playing the long game. I've been saying they've been playing the wrong game. Yeah. uh, Well, listen, I think people would be wise to listen to what you've been saying, Jim. Uh, I would point out by that journal story today, it doesn't really say anything new. I mean, they're citing former administration officials and people from, you know, (laughs) people watching the talks. Um, So not adding that much that we didn't already know. No, they'll write that story every three days, David. You know, yeah. I saw the story on Monday. I think the story was on Thursday. The editors must love that story. It's fun. Let's see. I hope a variant well, of that well, Sunday night. But, Jim, what's interesting is that the market doesn't really seem concerned, if I can put it that way, no. in terms of the possibility that we're not going to get a phase one deal, that we are going to see more tariffs put on within a month. I don't see any real reaction I can point to in the stock market unless you're telling me it simply is already discounting that, which seems hard to imagine. I, I think it is discounting. And not only that, but Gary Friedman from RH, Restoration Harbor, he's saying bring them on. I mean, he's, he's ready. And they make a lot of stuff so, in China. So I you think don't the new think, narrative, David. Yeah. Go ahead. Is what? Uh, well, you don't think then, that the stock win. market is going to you don't think the stock market is going to suffer a, a fall when we get a headline or we get a tweet from the president that says we're you know, we're done for now. Tariffs are going on. You, you don't think there's going to be a reaction. We're already two to, discounting that two to three percent decline, two to three percent decline. But when you listen to Brian Cornell talk or Doug McBillan, they're the tariffs are really not that much of a factor. Remember, David, we should be having roaring inflation right now. We should be in a trade war with the rest of the world right now. I think that the story is, is that a lot of people just think, not unlike when Brezhnev and Khrushchev were running the Soviet Union, that the Chinese are all powerful and there's nothing you can do. But the president's not buying that. No more than Reagan bought it. Reagan didn't believe that the, that the Soviet Union was all powerful. I don't know. I mean, I think hate them or like them, you got to recognize that the tariffs are just not bringing down the American consumer. The American no, consumer no, spending like that, except for not coals. They are impacting business investment as well. well, well and know and, at this and point. rolling three month retail sales have gone from 10 to 4 since the spring. So, I mean, we are seeing a deceleration <laughs> in the consumer. Target, Amazon, and Walmart are saying great things. 
Who else yeah. is there? I mean, who, the, those, Lowe's, but those are market share, market share stories, Jim, are they not? Well, I mean, look, we're not trading, you know, Joe's hardware store. I mean, what we trade, what we invest in, these companies, really coupled with the technology I see, are doing well. And I struggle. I struggle to see where President Xi is hurting the comparable store sales of Lowe's. Well, they cut rates again uh, for the third time this year, uh, one of their new benchmark rates. So that helped Asia overnight. I'm worried about the Chinese. I'm worried. I'm worried about the Chinese. I'm thinking that Chinese stock market is where we're value. Look at this Pin Duo Duo. I mean, that's another company that was kind of uh, that was up. It was a stock that came public. Another online exchange from China. Look at all that stock. PDD. Look at PDD. They they need tariffs cut. Luckin Coffee's doing pretty well, though. PDD. Luckin Coffee. Oh, Luckin, yeah, big short squeeze. Yeah. Huge short squeeze. Really well orchestrated by the Chinese and some American managers, including and you, really Ali, some Alibaba, top-notch people understand. Alibaba, the most it. important uh, barometer we have, did price sure. at 180 over in uh, Hong Kong, raising $13 billion. The David, did they not have a road show around. because they didn't need it, or did they not have a road show because the road was blocked by protesters? Here, meanwhile, uh, a completely different uh, tone is the Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> ringing the opening bell, uh, playing some catch with the crowd. That's here at the big board over at the NASDAQ, of course, watching the opening bell there as well. By the way, Globetrotters' uh, 94th year of touring at MSG, uh, December 27th yeah, at the NASDAQ. TFF Pharma focused on improving the absorption of poorly water-soluble drugs. Yeah, Jim? I saw the Boston Shamrocks actually give the Globetrotters a run. And for a moment, I thought the Shamrocks were going to take them. But the Shamrocks have never, what, in over 90 years, they've never beaten the Globetrotters? Who plays for the no. Shamrocks? Or the Washington Generals. Wasn't that the other team that always played? The them? Washington no. Generals. I always thought that this was going to be the game that they won. I saw the Generals have a run. But you know what? In the end, the Generals always lost, too. How was it possible that the Shamrocks and the Generals never won? How? Who are they playing? Who's their general manager? Don't have an answer for you. No, of course not. Um, Jim, a lot of talk yesterday about AMD having uh, the fifth highest RSI of the Russell 3000 uh, and wondering whether or not you think uh, it's time to ring the register here. No. No, Lisa Sue has got an, a, an unbelievable lineup of chips. I think that she is only one, the only person who can give Jensen Wong a run for his money. Don't forget, Jensen on last night for uh, NVIDIA. Oh, my God, what a story he's talking about. Landing people on Mars with the, uh, the ship actually hurling at 12,000 miles uh, a second. And he, can fi- he found a way to model it so it won't crash. Lisa Sue and Jensen Wong are the winners in that segment. And I, by the way, I have to tell you that, that let's not forget that uh, that Broadcom is doing very well, too. So uh, I would not sell AMD. Not here. Not with this momentum. Not not stock momentum. Momentum in chips. I really think Lisa Sue has got a fabulous lineup versus Intel. Is Jensen Wong creating the matrix? Is that what's really going on here? Uh, you know, what? I don't think it was movie. really Jensen I mean, Wong. I think it was actually no. an artificial intelligence version of him. It was a simulation. He's unbelievable. That jacket, too. I got to get one of those jackets. Maybe that's what makes it happen. What is he modeling, Jim? He's modeling 
going to Mars? Uh, the spaceship that we're landing a bunch of guys on Mars in 2025. And apparently you have to send that thing hurtling in. And I think that yeah. Jensen has figured out exactly the way to make it so that the spacecraft does not crash. Talk about a guy who's thinking five years ahead of us, David. Hmm. All right. I didn't even know yeah. that we were planning on that. Oh, my. You kidding me? I, I thought you were going to be on it. Only if you're going, baby. <laughs> no, I'm too, but I am going to jump. Uh, I'm going to do a, a jump at the U.S. Air, uh, Air Force Academy. Um, I jump out there. Jump out of an airplane. Yeah, right, well, I got I got to talk to my life insurance guy first. See what I can get. Not solo though. You're going to be attached to somebody, right? Yeah, do a tandem. Yeah, so don't do a static line. That's no, no. To start, I'll do tandem just because I'm a little. Uh, my wife has asked me to use four people to hang on to, in case one falls. Uh, Jim, we're going to watch Apple today. Uh, Tim Cook already tweeting about uh, their new facility in Austin. Uh, president's going to tour. Uh, Eamon Javers is there, 7,000 employees, and uh, you talked to Tim recently. Yeah, I got to tell you, this thing is just so, the, the facility itself is, is a marvel of how big it is and how much money they're spending. But I will also tell you that he had an amazing conversation yesterday with Mark Benioff about finally getting the enterprise. We all have uh, these great phones, right? But they're often connected with an outfit that uh, is involved with a tussle with Xerox HP. And I think what Tim is finally saying is we're going to break that hammerlock that HP has on all the information technology guys, and it's going to be done through Accenture. It's going to be done through uh, SAP. So remember, they're not in the enterprise. We're all kind of sick of having one device not talking to another. This could be a major breakthrough. Apple has really struck out in the enterprise. They're starting to win. They mentioned HEB as an outfit largest private employer in Texas that has made it so that they're no longer using these. I think we're all tired of the hostage of HP. We're hostage. It's driving us crazy. I'll tell you a, a company that has killed it in the enterprise, which you know, of course, is Microsoft. Not oh. HP, Microsoft, uh, which is up oh, again today. And that market, cap, that market cap uh, contest between uh, uh, Microsoft and Apple is very, very close right now. But amazing what Nadella's done over there, uh, Jim. Not just hey, the cloud. Revere. But, you know, 365. They're coming after Slack just in terms of so many different areas right now. Gaming, we don't really ever talk about. Do you know, David, that in gaming, they are starting to make hardware? Very quietly. Yeah. Making hardware in gaming. And it's fantastic. So I think that whatever Satya seems to set his mind on, it's very different from when Steve was running the joint. Whatever he set his mind on was good. I remember when Steve was using that uh, Microsoft phone. Uh, he was the only person, I think, mostly in, in uh, Northeast America using it. But I, I do think that it's remarkable. Satya has no longer, remember, they are no longer in league with Salesforce. Satya, it's an axis of Satya, uh, Shantanoon, Orion, and Adobe. They are doing their own thing. And uh, because Azure's so powerful, they're getting away with it. Remember, Azure's with them. And Amazon Web Services is with Mark and Mark's world, uh, Benioff. So, I mean, these are, there's enough room for everybody. Now, is there enough room for Alphabet and for Google web, you know, cloud services? I'm going to work on that one all the rest of the week, so quietly behind the scenes, you know. Yeah, they have been the also-ran so far, of course, changing the leadership at their cloud division not that long ago from Diane Green, uh, Jim. But Thomas Curry and You always do Peter. wonder whether what they're going to do, what they can do, whether they would ever entertain an acquisition of some kind. And then there's IBM, which we really haven't talked about. I mean, and your friend Whitehurst, who uh, 
I don't know. Is he yeah, going to get that job well, if, if Ginny leaves? I, I'm going to try to talk to him. He's out here, and this is obviously the purchase of Red Hat. And I think that IBM, they didn't deliver last quarter, but I do think the, the longer that, uh, that Red Hat gets integrated, the better. By the way, VMware, I should have mentioned them. They're, they're pretty much with everybody. That's another great stock, and it's kind of unbelievable. It's Michael Dell. But, yeah, uh, IBM is uh, not, really not making the splash that I thought they would by this point. Hey, by the way, Salesforce down. Uh, that's, it probably confirms your theory, David. I don't have a theory, Jim. I just pointed out that the stock, uh, listen, by the way, it's, it's fine. Last three months, it's up 11%, last 12 months, but it, it's, it had been flat for a while. That's all. That's all. David, That's all is, theory, is theory to you a shirt? Is theory to you a clothing company? You, you know what? By the way, you get, you can, at TJX, you can get those theory shirts for $39.99, or maybe it's 20 Yeah. $39.99. Did I tell you about the pair of black slacks that I got for 17 bucks that I saw at Macy's for 40 yeah. And they I mean, stretch. You, They're perfect. The one right here, it's the only store that I actually ever enter, go into. David, the, the line was so long, I took a picture of it the other day. I cannot stand how no. long the line is. And I ask people, and they say, hey, it's worth the wait. Like, I'm, like, wrong that, that I'm in that line to buy a belt because I forgot my belt that day. Yeah. They it it looked bad, by the way, when Man Dash, people yeah. could tell. Um, speaking I'll of retail, Target is up. Target is up seven and a half percent. Carl, of course, following not through enough. on uh, given those. Not enough. You think more? You think it deserves to be even yeah, higher I mean, than one hundred and nineteen dollars and forty eight cents? It'll yeah. be at one twenty one, one twenty two, and you know you can say all you want about tariffs. Brian Cornell, I'm telling you, he is more worried about the weather than he is tariffs. Well, uh, we do have lower today. L Brands, Ulta, Harley, Gap, Nordstrom. We haven't talked about Urban much. Well, Urban, they were very um, downbeat right at the top of their conference call. Uh, Their online is just not hitting it. I think this is, again, the brick-and-mortar conundrum. Uh, And they're in a lot of malls. Remember, the mall is – we see Carl Icahn betting against the mall. There's – I think for every one good mall, there's about two or three bad malls. Uh, And and mall is no way to shop because, boy, you can't pull up to it. And no one runs your car from a mall. Um, Macy's and Nordstrom both were down sharply yesterday on the Kohl's yeah. uh, numbers. Um, Macy's now has a roughly a, a 10% yield, Jim. The, the balance sheet's been improved by uh, Jeff Gannett. I think the issue, again, is just existential. Uh, why shop at Macy's? You can get a lot of that stuff online. Becky asked a great question about Nike and the fact that Nike's leaving Amazon Will it benefit Target? Brian Cornell kind of punted on that answer. He didn't punt on most. But the fact is, is that I, I go to see Macy's and they still haven't been able to distinguish, like Kohl's, why I should buy there. Why it should live. Why does it live? That wholesale model is definitely challenged. Jim, really quick, uh, yeah. we have not talked about oil. Uh, worst day since September. Uh, yesterday, down three or four, down 17 percent from the uh, April high. What's it going to take to stabilize uh, crude? Um, I think that that crude is in such long. We're so long in. I mean, we got John. I don't know. I mean, Venezuela knocked totally offline. The Saudis cutting back a couple million barrels to be able to boost their own bogus uh, IPO. I don't know. I mean, I do think that, by the way, international drilling is finally picking up. That's only going to put more pressure. Uh, they've got to, the Permian has got to stop pumping. The Occidental deal, David, that was it. That was it. That was the last straw. 
Last straw for what? That was the top? What? Uh, what, what? You know, remember the straw in uh, There Will Be Blood? That was the last yeah. straw. There's too many straws. They got to they gotta stop. They have to just shut down the pumping, but they won't because all they know how to do is pump. I remember the late Orban McClendon just saying, you know what the biggest problem with oil people is? All they know how to do is pump. They don't hold back. They just pump and pump and pump, and they're pumping. That is a horrible-looking chart. Isn't that awful? Even you recognize a bad chart when you see it. Even you. <laughs> I just, yeah, even I do. I don't, you know, you crack me up more when you're 3,000 miles away. I don't know why. When you're here. Well, because you can't hit me during yeah. the commercial. That's true. I, I mean, you swim, you. you're working out. People don't realize how hard you hit me during the commercials. I mean, it, you give me a beat down every commercial. I don't get that now when I'm out here. Uh, Carl, I feel liberated, and I no longer feel That's like true. i got to go take boxing lessons because he can't hit me. He doesn't have uh, the reach. He can't hit you. You still should have hit those, those plush characters that were bombarding your interview with Benioff. I'm telling you, you were nice Probably. to them. Um, uh, guys, uh, AT&T down again, 1.2%. We didn't really mention it yesterday. The this Moffitt downgrade, downgrade from Moffitt yeah. yesterday. I missed it. So, oh. I mean, I didn't miss it. I just forgot. Frankly, I had read the entire thing. It was down 4% yesterday, another 1.2%. So, pretty significant decline in shares of AT&T. Simply said, just pointing to what he believes is going to be the difficulty they're going to have, even hitting that 1% revenue growth in their EPS targets, given roughly 60% of the business is made up of Warner Media and DirecTV. And those are not performing particularly well and that so much is going to be reliant on wireless growing at a rate it hasn't grown at previously. Right. Calvin's got a great piece out this morning, Jim. You probably saw on, even though we're getting flooded with new entrants on streaming, they don't expect consumer spending on streaming to rise more than one-seven uh, Kager uh, for the next five years. So it's, well, I mean, I, it's largely free. Why problem. would you expect people to spend more? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think there's going to be winners and losers, not unlike what we saw with dot-coms. Amazing, this Roku. You can't stop it. Roku is incredible. I thought that that ATT piece, when I finished reading that, I wanted to cry. I mean, it basically, there isn't anything, everything that they're doing, according to that piece, is not working. Uh, and particularly Wireline, by the way, continues to be I read that piece and I just said, oh, I feel bad for those guys, no matter what this they do. Wireline. They yeah. need to bring well, back been- the great American. He's Mr. Bucus. Yeah, Moffat has been negative yes. on AT&T for some time, but not with that reason. By the way, going to be able to talk about all of these different issues with John Malone tomorrow. My uh, annual interview with uh, with uh, Mr. Malone, of course, the chairman of Liberty Media, and a whole cast of others as well on Liberty's big uh, analyst or investor day. Uh, Jim Meyer from Sirius, got Rutledge from Charter, Greg Maffei, of course. There you can take a look uh, at uh, at some of the people I'll be speaking to. Led off by. Mr. Malone, who I always look forward to speaking to. David, last uh, year, Discovery went up $10 after that interview. Could you please do that to Viacom? Could you get him to... Well, Discovery is up this week Viacom. in part because he did, an, he did buy 2.67 million shares on Monday. And he may have sold some calls. I want to find out. But we're going to ask him about Discovery, of course, as well, which has had a very good week in part on that purchase by, uh, by Malone, although the new houses did sell stock. All right, guys. Early session lows. Uh, Dow's down 66. Let's get to Bob. Morning, Bob. Morning, guys. Uh, Two to one declining to advancing stocks. Uh, 
tariff and trade still the marginal mover of the market, but pretty modestly. Again, very narrow trading range. This has been going on for a while now. Take a look at the sectors and consumer staples, defensive group uh, leading. This, the only reason consumer discretionary is up is because Target and Lowe's is pushing them all higher. Most of the stocks here are down. Utilities, flattish. Uh, semis, predictably down. There's trade. Uh, banks, keep an eye on the banks here. We've been straight down on yields for a couple of weeks now. So what were we, 196 on the 10-year a couple of weeks ago? We're 176, 175 today. So keep an eye on that one. That might bear watching. Uh, retail, you talked about what was going on here. Of course, we've got Target and Lowe's. Great Numbers from them. TGX had decent numbers as well, but flat. Uh, Home Depot, disappointing numbers yesterday, but really rather modest uh, response overall. What these have in common? Two things. Number one, they're all winners. Target's up, what, 80%? That is not a typo this year. We're looking at that. That's a new high. Lowe's has been huge this year. That's up uh, 29%, I believe. TJX has been big. That's up 30 5%. These are the winners in retail all here, Home Depot. Also, even despite that 5% drop yesterday, 30% to the upside. So this is what they have in common. They're all winners. The second thing they have in common is basically when they were asked if they had the opportunity, the consumer is really strong. Brian Cornell, we've been playing this. Becky's interview with Brian uh, noted here, we continue to see very healthy consumer environment, strong labor environment. All the indicators say this is going to be a solid holiday season. Nonetheless, the stock market, a lot of complacency, sort of grinding higher on not a lot of news, very narrow range in the last couple of weeks, very low volatility. There is seasonal strength. We get these upticks day after day and more money kind of comes in, that FOMO we keep talking about. Uh, No reason for anybody to get panicky or concerned, but it is a little bit complacent right now. And I think that people are uh, talking about that. As for the tariffs, you can't help but feel that the talks are stalled somehow. So there's sort of three choices the market keeps talking about. Number one is uh, an actual uh, situation where you get a real deal, a phase one deal. Uh, No new tariffs and existing tariffs are rolled back. The question is, what kind of concessions would the president get for that? That seems to be stalled out a little bit. That's a problem right now. Then there's what everybody down here calls phase one light, where there's you you get uh, essentially where you're removing uh, one kind of tariff. There's no new tariffs coming on in exchange for uh, some kind of buying of agricultural products, phase one light, and then you get no phase one deal at all, and you do have tariffs come on on December 15th. So there's three choices here. We just can't figure out what the probabilities of them uh, happening are. If you want to know what's going to move the market in the next couple of days, I think it's going to be the manufacturing numbers that are going to come out overall. Uh, here's, by the way, is uh, Brian Cornell's number, we, uh, quote we saw er- earlier. We continue to see a very healthy consumer environment, strong labor environment. All the indicators right now say this is going to be a very strong holiday season. Uh, PMIs are going to be out on Friday. That's the next potential market mover. Remember, there's a belief that somehow the global economy is starting to bottom. No recession talk, but keep an eye on what's going to happen. The S&P near new highs right now. We're going to get PMIs for the United States. We're going to get PMIs for the Eurozone. So France and Germany will be getting manufacturing PMIs. Uh, We've had a nice move up there. They're just off the highs. Japan also PMIs on Friday. So remember, this idea, lower global uh, growth, but still solid. We'll test that on Friday. Carl, back to you. All right, Bob, thanks very much. Going to get Fed minutes this afternoon. Let's keep our eye on the bond pits. Rick Santelli in Chicago this morning. Hey, Rick. Good morning, Carl. You know, the the globe has this feeling, and the markets several weeks ago, especially the fixed income, the interest rate markets I cover, certainly seem to buy into what Bob was talking about, global bottoming. But if you really start to kick the tires, it seems to me it's more of a hint of more fiscal involvement in the months and quarters ahead. 
but boy, we're pretty sketchy on details and actual dates on that. And I also want to point out, China tinkered with some rates, lowering them a bit. But lowering rates in China doesn't have the same effect as it does in many economies because of the way the government actually doles out capital. China circumvents how important an interest rate uh, the cost of your capital actually is. We continue to see the downward move in rates. It's been continuous in a low volatility environment, but it's impossible not to see the breadth of it globally. Look at a November start to two-year no yields. And remember, pretty much everything on the curve is hovering near the lowest closing yields of November outside of the first several sessions, as you see on that chart. If we look at one week of 10s, you can really see the dynamic I'm talking about as we continue to cascade lower, first close under 180 in two and a half weeks. And if you look at 30-year bonds, maybe this says it the most. It's the most squeamish as the yields go down. Uh, 218 uh, would be the violation. We're at 221. We get under 218. We're at the lowest closing yield since October. And finally, how has all this made us on the relative value trade? The distance between our tenure yields and European tenure yields continues to narrow. And right now, it's not very many basis points away from the tightest, the closest it's been in 21 months. Carl David, Jim, back to you. All right, Rick, thanks. Uh, still to come this morning, the CEO of Booking Holdings, the shares of Priceline's parent, Aaron the Green, this year, unlike some of their rivals, Expedia and Trip. Dow down 65 to start this Wednesday. We're at 3115. Don't go away. Major indices are lower, but uh, there's a bright spot on retail today thanks to those first two names, Target uh, and Lowe's, out with results and guidance that's uh, largely positive. Uh, we're back in a moment. Don't go away. Jim, what's on Mad tonight? Who empowers all the great retailers? How about Okta for identification? How about Tableau Data for analyzing data? And how about Page and Duty for making sure that it all works? That's who we have. Are you getting enough rest out there? I know you got late nights no, and it's an early I, call time. I, no, tomorrow, tonight is, uh, is Fleetwood Mac, and I'd like to talk maybe with Stevie Nicks at the end of it, so I, don't go to, I won't go to bed tonight. That's what makeup's for. It's good for you. It's really good for your health not to get any sleep at all. I recommend it highly. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. I knew Has that you were your trying to affected his on-air performance? No. no I mean, David long. can't punch <laughs> me. I'm playing a new game. Here, I'd wa- give you a little whack, but I know I can't. Yeah, you're beat really down. Good. They last about as long as my, I don't know, as, as bad money has. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. You see where your business can go. To get there, you may need another 10 trucks. At Century Insurance, we put more than 115 years of industry experience to work to help protect you as you launch a new delivery service or expand into a new region and reach your business goals. Century, right by you. Property and casualty coverages are underwritten and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. For a complete listing of companies, visit Century.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available in all states. See policy for complete coverage details.